welcome to another episode of Three Ps in the Podcast. This week on the show, uh, the iPhone 6S, 6S Plus sells out within 30 minutes in Samsung's home turf of South Korea. Uh, Sprint has been hit with a pretty big lawsuit that's coming out of nowhere, and uh, people are just kind of scratching their heads over it. Uh, Apple, for the second week in a row, has another class action lawsuit. How will they respond? And we'll give you more details on that. Um, also, there's a big fight right now in Congress. Uh, all the big heavy hitters in the tech world are going at it with Congress over this new bill, over cybersecurity, um, how that affects you, and uh, pretty much what can you do to protect yourself. But first, we have a very, very special guest this week. Uh, it is uh, Mr. Richard Lowe. Uh, he's an author. Uh, he writes uh, a lot of great books. His specialty you know, is uh, pretty much protecting yourself in, in this world, this wonderful world of technology, and uh, pretty much you know how you can stay on the safe side of uh, the world. Um, he has a wonderful book with a very awesome title called uh, Safe Computing is Like uh, Safe Sex. Uh, there's more on that, uh, but we want to at first uh, bring him on. Uh, so right now, no, with no further ado, Mr. Richard Lowe. Hi, how you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. Glad to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so My pleasure. You, so if you would, just tell everybody out there a little bit about yourself, you know, where they can find you, that kind of thing, and what you do. Well, uh, I was a computer in the computer industry for the last 35 years. Uh, my specialty was uh, disaster recovery, um, computer security, and managing large computer projects. Wonderful. You've probably heard of one of the companies I worked for. It was called Trader Joe's. Yes, we have, actually. <laughs> right yeah, I, man- I, man- I managed the IT department, uh, the support part of it there. Awesome. Um. So for 35 years, I've been doing that, and I've been involved in the credit card security side, keeping credit cards secure, which is a very big task because obviously you don't want millions of those falling into the wrong hands. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, on top of that, I've been involved in desktop security uh, because we have, we had when I was there, but they still do, we had thousands of uh, users with desktops. And we were constantly getting hit by viruses and Trojan horses and all kinds of other things that caused uh, no end of problems. So as time went by, we were kind of forced to confront that and resolved it uh, pretty well to where we weren't getting hit nearly as often. So then I retired two years ago because uh, I wanted to pursue my dream of writing and the first book I wrote was Safe Computing is Like Safe Sex because obviously I know that subject very well. <laughs> and I picked the title of that book because the similarities are there. Safe computing is not something you can just install a program on and, okay, you're safe now. You know, put on your antivirus, cool, everything's done. Right. It's something, um, as with safe sex, that you have to practice. You have to change your procedures with your computer and just get new habits. Don't click on those links right away. Make sure they're valid, for example. Because uh, that's a that that'll get, it doesn't matter whether you're on a Mac or an iPhone or an Android or a PC. If you click on a link, your computer can become infected if that link goes to an infected website. Right. So you have to get out of that habit. Don't click on those links. Make sure they're valid first. And the book goes into that. Um, You've got thousands of passwords now. I mean, I have probably 500 passwords of online accounts. Wow. You want to remain, you want to store those passwords in such a way that they're safe 
And we'll get into that later, I'm assuming. Right. But anyway, the, well, the point there is, is the processes is what's important. It's not, a lot of books go into install this, do this, change this, do that. Or a Mac is better than PC, throw away your Mac, get a, throw away your PC, get a Mac. Right. And none of that's valid. I mean, it has validity, but it's not the only thing you need to do. You need to change your habits. Right. Once you do that, your safety improves. Okay. And that's why I wrote the book. That is awesome. See, a lot of people, see myself included, you know, people, you know, get the, don't get PC, get Mac, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you, you never are really told exactly, you know, why and what else, you know, goes into that, not just picking the computer, but also, like you said, changing your habits and, you know, creating those, uh, those, those habits in your head and, and your practices. Yes, the Macintosh is by design uh, a little bit more secure than the Windows machine. Right. But still, the problem is not the machine. The problem is the user. Right. right. Yes, exactly. That's, that's definitely true. And it, it's not that the user's not intelligent. It's that the, these hackers use what's called social social engineering right. to get to cause the user to do something. I mean, you've, I'm sure you've gotten one of those emails from a quote Nigerian quote saying you won two million dollars. You just need your help. Tons of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's social engineering. That's trying to aim at a soft spot and trying to make some emotion and trying to get you to respond. And there are other forms of that. That's a user training issue. Don't respond to that. Gotcha. Yeah, we, uh, we've actually, you know, all of us have done work in the tech industry, uh, not nearly as much as extensive as yourself, but, you know, we get people all the time, well, I clicked on an email that told me all I had to do was, you know, say yes, and I get a million dollars or whatever, and you know, we try to stress, and we and you can't stress it enough, but that is just not what you want to do. <laughs> Correct. Now, I was just um, hired by a company called No Before to update their document called Cyber Heist to, um, to take into account the new attacks, which is ransomware, for example, right. which is very deadly and is, affects all computers, all platforms, everything. And you don't want to get hit by ransomware. So I'm updating the book to include that and ad blocking and things like that. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's a continuing thing. Yeah, uh, the ransomware, I know uh, that's like, is that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like where they'll say uh, your computer has been seized by the FBI, pay this amount to get it back or something like that? Well, what typically happens is, is you'll visit a website Right. And you'll get a pop-up that says, uh, we found 45 viruses on your computer. Click here to get rid of them. Gotcha. And it'll look very, very, very like it's official from, from some official company. Right. You should immediately go into a taskbar or whatever and kill that, um, that task. That don't prop, say, yeah. don't click yes. Don't click anything. If you have to reboot your machine, don't click anything. Gotcha. Because if you do... You will install something that encrypts everything on your computer, and you are toast. <laughs> That's even if you exit exit out. You you need to kill it. You don't so, exit. So the task task manager and uh, kill the process. Yeah, I've I've gotten those a couple of times, and I always reboot the machine. Mm, okay, wow. Just, yeah, just a clean, clean reboot. I've gotten that a couple of times too. I just uh, task manager and just find the process and kill it right from there. That, that works. I'm just paranoid. <laughs> hey, in this world, you have to be, especially when it comes to this technology, because it's crazy out there. Definitely. So what we're talking about is so basically social engineering. The, the, the definition of that 
is a non-technical method of intrusion hackers use that rely heavily on human interaction and often involves tricking people into breaking normal security procedures. It is one of the greatest threats that organizations use today. If I can give you an example of one that hits um, retail chains all the time. Somebody will dress in a uniform with a badge, looks very official, and he'll Mm -hmm. walk in with a card swipe. You know, the things you swipe your cards on uh, for credit cards? And he'll say he's here to repair the card swipe, and the checker doesn't know any different. So she'll say, okay, and he just installs one of his. (laughs) Wow. And it's over where it's downhill from there. (laughs) And then they capture all of the credit card data. That is social engineering. He just convinced the checker that he was a good guy. Right. He wasn't. It actually happened at a tech shop I was working at uh, in South Carolina once before. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's crazy. It's, it's, it can get pretty nasty, but it's real easy to prevent against if you just engage the brain and you, you go, wait a minute, nobody called me to make an appointment. And you call your tech service department in that case. And they will tell you, no, nobody's supposed to be there. By then, the social, the hacker is going to be running. He's going to be gone. <laughs> so, you, you just engage the brain, so to speak. That's what I like to say. Well, that is. Uh, we really appreciate that info, and, and we'll definitely, uh, you know, get more on that, you know, uh, a little bit later in the show as well. Um, Correct. I do want to talk about real quick right now. The big news coming out of South Korea, of course, was the iPhone 6s, 6s Plus, um, sold out within 30 minutes. Um, in South Korea, which if, you know, for those of you out there who are not familiar, the reason that is big is because South Korea is Samsung, especially Samsung and LG's, uh, quote unquote home turf. Um, so before, you know, those, those two, especially Samsung were really, um, just killing it out there. Apple hadn't really jumped into that market that much, but this year, um, the three major, uh, mobile carriers, actually all three of them, there's only three. Uh, mobile carriers in South Korea. It sold out all inventory, every model, every phone sold out within 30 minutes. So, uh, Joe, Mike, Mr. Lowe, what do you guys think about that? I don't think it's news. I think (laughs) we knew this was going to happen. Eventually, right? I I just didn't expect it to sell out so quickly. Right. 30 minutes is is pretty fast for millions of devices. That's pretty fast. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we... uh, it, it was it was a uh, it was a question before whether or not Apple would ever you know outsell Samsung or LG and if they did you know what phone would it be would it be a major release would it be you know an, uh, an off brand or off year the S release and uh, you know it, it turned out that the first time it happened was on an S year so that's kind of kind of surprising in a way but then again like Joe said it's not really big news it's kind of we knew it was coming at some point. Um, but one thing that we didn't see coming was Sprint out of nowhere getting. A uh, $3 million um, penalty lawsuit right now coming from the FTC, um, the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, apparently, there was a little uh, little scheme that they were doing, um, and we'll, I'll let Joe give more information on that. Well, basically, it's, it's, it's tricking customers into to, um, you know, paying an extra fee of around $8 or so per month. Uh, it's based on their credit history. So um, what Sprint is doing is creating a spending limit for these customers. So say for instance, you know, a uh, person A might have a, um, a limit of $150 before their services are rerouted to the financial department. Right. You know, customer B may have a um, hundred dollars spending limit. It's all based on credit. These customers were not informed until 
the uh, termination fees were, were placed onto the account or until they were uh, forwarded over into the uh, financial department. So, so too, too little, too late. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. What do you think about that, Mr. Lowe? Well, I, I I got hit with that on um, my cable bill a few years ago because I'm a, I'm a pretty big downloader and suddenly surprise I'm not able to download for the rest of the month and it's only the fifteenth. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it was out of the blue and I called and and they didn't even know that they were enforcing that. <laughs> the customer support was so they managed to put me back on because I can complain pretty loud, but it is pretty obnoxious. It is. It's pretty uh, audacious, too. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you need to at least tell your, your your customers that this is happening so that they can plan accordingly. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, I agree. Well, uh, customers out there, there's a way around it. If you sign up for auto pay for your bills, the eight dollar fee is waived. Mm, well, that's kind of a more. That's kind of a. Kind of countering too, right? Right. It's like <laughs> hold a gun to your head. Either sign up for auto pay, you know, or we or we hit you hit you with uh, our financial department. So you're stuck either way. Yeah, I mean, is you know, we we joke about Sprint a lot, but I mean, this is one where they're trying to hang on to the few customers that they have and the people who are spending money. Um, but I think that's probably you know the wrong way to do it. If if I think you guys will agree with me on that. Definitely, it's not, it's not ethical. I don't think it's ethical at all, especially if it's not uh, informed to the customer up front. Definitely, right? I actually like the way my mobile carrier does it, which is you get like two gig a month at four G, and then if you exceed that, you can either buy another package or you just get dropped to three G, and but, it's a little bit slower. And that seems to work very well. It, I agree, it's, but it's transparent. They let you know up front. You know, it's totally transparent. You get a little text. Uh, Couple hundred meg in advance. Mm-hmm. It's very, very cool. Um, and then you can pay that extra dollar or two a month if you want to have more space, more bandwidth. Right. And, and again, that's transparency. And that's, you know, if you're going to charge me for something, at least let me know before I just rack it up. And then eventually I'm paying for something and I don't, I didn't yeah. know it. Well, there, there's no mention of it, but I, I'm, I'm probably very sure that somewhere on your contract. It's in there somewhere. Or on your bill, it's in very, very small, tiny print that you can't see that explains this entire process. Well, uh, well reading more into it, uh, from what I'm gathering, it says the penalty is connected to the FCC, FTC's <coughs> risk-based pricing rule implemented in 2011, which requires companies to notify consumers when they use information in their credit reports to give them materially worse terms than most other customers. All right, so speak English, Mike. What are you saying? So practically what they're saying <laughs> is, customer A, if you have bad credit, your terms for your payments or your payments to Sprint will be worse than customer B who has good credit. Right. I, I technically think that should have been stated up front, but you know, companies like to put everything in fine print. So that's like one of those things where they'll say, you know, uh, come in zero down on the phone and then in fine print, they'll say uh, pending qualified credit. Yeah. Right. But usually that kind of thing is on the fact tag, though. I would think, you know, that should have been in there somewhere. And, and maybe, uh, you know, like Joe said, it's not, um, you know, it was probably in there somewhere. And that's probably why the lawsuit is, is I mean, $3 million is relatively small for, you know, for a major carrier. So. And the, the other thing, too, is a lot of people who sign up for, for uh, wireless carriers or, or whoever they're signing up for, um are looking to build their credit right you know and that that's another question that comes up 
you know, are these companies reporting their their on-time payments to the credit bureau, right. you know, so that their credit scores are going up? Or are they only reporting are they reporting the bad right. marks and, and having their credit scores go down? Right. You know, so that that could be a, another issue here. I agree. So speaking of uh, speaking of lawsuits, so last week we reported on the Apple, uh, you know, the patent lawsuit with the University of Wisconsin um, over the one of the chips in one of their phones, the previous uh, phones. So this week we have uh, the, the new Wi-Fi Assist feature, which basically, you know, in layman's terms, uh, if you're at home or if you're anywhere that has Wi-Fi, um, if your LTE connection is stronger than the Wi-Fi, your phone's going to automatically swap off Wi-Fi and go into LTE or 4G. Um, so basically, there was this couple um, pretty much saying, the plaintiffs in this, in this case, were pretty much just saying that uh, after they updated to iOS 9, um, pretty much they were you know automatically going over their data without really knowing it because uh, the suit says that Apple didn't I- explain the feature. Um, until it was it was uh, brought up, you know, in a complaint. So they were going over their data apparently, and they were just, you know, using a, a heck of a lot more. And they didn't know why, they didn't know how to stop it, that kind of a thing. So right now, that suit is uh, totaling about five million dollars right now. So guys, your thoughts on that? Is it a class action lawsuit? It yeah, is a class action. Is. I just think people will find any anything. <laughs> to file a lawsuit against these days there's just so much there's so many loopholes you know and then it's just it's some of these things are obvious you know if you if you know how technology works if you're on lt if you have if you have wi-fi and you're not on wi-fi and there's a little signal on your phone that you know, is true <laughs> you know oh i didn't see it people just make obnoxious claims for whatever reason money <laughs> <laughs> well i mean money that's a big one these days well, at least they didn't get hit for eight hundred and sixty-two million this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five million. They 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 won't feel that whatsoever. Uh, so they won't have any issues with that. That's a that's warning. Good. That's a warning uh, penalty. That's though. like they go grocery shopping with right. five million dollars. I actually think that's a, the the Wi-Fi assist feature is a pretty good feature because it'll right. swap between your <coughs> Wi-Fi and LTE if you have a weaker signal. But most customers, data is everything nowadays, and they want it at full speed. Mm-hmm. A lot of them live like in secluded areas, you know, mountains, you know, woods, things like that. And that, you know, all you have is the Wi-Fi. But then again, sometimes it's the other way around where your Wi-Fi isn't quite as good. And, you know, I think the feature is good, but, it, you know, of course, it also it also goes hand in hand with knowing how to use your phone, too. Uh, well, I would, I would actually say the only thing that it needs to be to prevent the lawsuits is... If you're going to get near that cap, or you're going to start getting charged more for the data, they should send a text. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's it. True. Then it would be fine because then you ignore the text; it's your own fault. <laughs> right. Well, well, yeah, that's what they say. But remember, uh, there was a company out there who said that they sent texts and they they printed this material <laughs> and they still got hit for over a hundred million. Over a hundred million. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's kind of a slippery slope. Either you tell me about it up front and I ignore it and then hit you later, or you don't tell me about it up front and I'm just going to hit you anyway for not telling me. Um, but of course, you know, it's again, I just go, people have to know how to use their devices. You know, you know how much data you're using if you know how to use your device properly. Um, now, one way to turn this off, by the way, for, for those of you who don't know and who don't want to have these issues, um, is you if you go to your settings and go down to set cellular, 
and you scroll all the way down to the Wi-Fi Assist feature, you can toggle it on and off. So it is not something that has to be on all the time. It is something that you can disable and enable at your choosing. So just putting that out there. Um, next thing we're, we have uh, this week is uh, last week, Facebook had a lot of controversy coming out of uh, the iPhone 6S's with their new um, updates. Um, apparently, apparently uh, Facebook was using a crazy amount of uh, battery life, even when you close the app. Uh, apparently, it wasn't closing the way it normally should. Um, so they've taken to uh, their own website. They've taken to you know other websites and blogs um, to you know pretty much clear up clear the air. Um, they have admitted that there's a problem. Um, and pretty much they're, they're going to release an update here shortly to uh, fix that. Um, they have put out a patch for it, but there will be a major update coming out soon. Um, so, guys, anything? What it looks, or is it? Uh, it's background activity. Right? It is background activity. Mm-hmm. So it looks to me like someone's trying to collect some information <laughs> to use. Maybe. Uh, uh, maybe. I think um, they were saying it was something about um, audio. Like if you like say you watched a video or something like that, sometimes the audio would still play like in the background. In the background. So, so you were still, you know, reaching their servers, which was still using your battery life um, at that point, you know, trying to get that audio. So that was one of the things. Um, so it's kind of similar to like if you close the music app, mm-hmm. but you want to keep listening to music, you know, while you're doing something else. Yeah, it says right here. It's like it says the second issue is with how we manage audio sessions. Right. If you leave the Facebook app after watching a video, the audio session sometimes stays open as if the app was playing audio silently. Right. So is, is this one of those issues where I, I yeah, we were going to assume that most people have an iPhone out there. Um, we need to get into the habit of, of throwing our, um, our pages away. Yeah, closing it out. Yeah, definitely closing our apps out, right? And that helps as far as keeping the phone running, you know, smoothly because you do have RAM just like a computer. Um, you want your battery life to last. You don't want to use as much data, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, definitely. But most uh, consumers don't really disable their apps like they're supposed to. They like to keep it running so they have fast access to it at any given moment. But uh, for the Facebook app itself, it kind of refreshes in real time, so you don't necessarily have to go in there and. And let it keep running in the background. Right. Yeah, any pretty much any program that's really using the server and not using um, actual you know device storage, you don't really have to keep it running. It's going to refresh because it's on the server. The server is always refreshing, just like email and you know things like that. So you don't necessarily have to keep it on running in the background, even though people choose to, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And also for those 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 of you that are using the new iOS nine updates, um, Apple has installed a battery app inside of your phone where you can actually see the percentage of of each application running and what it's actually using as far as battery goes. If you tap on it, basically it'll show you how how you know the the life cycle of uh, the usage of that app. Say mm-hmm. you know how many minutes and then how many minutes it's running in the background. So if you're not familiar with your device, this is a good time, you know, kind of listen to what we're telling you and, um, you know, dig through your phone, play with a couple things there and see what's new. And um, we can prevent a lot of this stuff, you know, just by just by reading. Also, in that um, that setting will also tell you how much time is spent on a particular app. Right. And and, and it tells you percentage wise, you know, how what use the, mo- the 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 bulk of your battery, how long your last cycle was between charges, you know, that that kind of thing. So. 
Um, you can do last 24 hours and up to last six days, I believe. So, right. you know, like, so it's like we were saying when the show first started, uh, a lot of the stuff is is is, uh, is uh, the user, mm-hmm. the user interaction. If you just take a little time and um, you don't understand your device and understand these policies and procedures, uh, yeah, I think you'll have a, a smoother operation with your device, just like a computer. You know, you're not gonna buy something and just and just wing it, <laughs> or call. Or you're gonna have viruses. You're gonna have <laughs> hackers. You're gonna ransomware have and all dead batteries. <laughs> and then you gotta call Mr. Low, and he's gotta get you out of trouble. Right. <laughs> or yeah. just buy his book. Right. <laughs> right. Just buy, his, buy his book and then save computing, save sex. Got to keep those condoms on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Low, any thoughts on the Facebook issue? Well, I mean, Facebook, I, I, I don't know how many lines of code there are, but there's got to be hundreds of thousands, <laughs> if not millions, and there are bugs in software, and things happen, and it looks like they jumped on it pretty quick, and they're going to fix it, so, you know, I could say that they, they should test better, Agreed. but, um, you know, it's a bug, and right. they happen. <laughs> right. They happen in everything. Even this, you know, the space shuttle and the space station have bugs, and even your, even uh, your phones have bugs. I know it's disconcerting, but that's just part of life. Right. And the the key point is how quickly did the vendor get to it? And true. it seems here like they work pretty fast. Yeah, it was a, it was a little bit under uh, I think six days, so they they hit it pretty quick. That's blindingly fast. It is, yeah, for, for something like that. That's affecting mil- hundreds of millions of people. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I would say kudos to them. They did a good job then. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, a, fa- a failure on quality assurance, but a good job on recovery. <laughs> right. Yeah, big, big, <laughs> yeah, big recovery uh, job on that. We're, we're just going to sneak this one in here and see if anybody notices. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> anybody knows that's, that's, almost, that's how most companies <laughs> with uh, software operate. Anyway, they, they release a patch super quick to uh-huh. fix a bug like Apple. With the iOS 9.0, Yeah, we're going to come out with 9.0, collect as much data as we can, right. and then when they find out about it, then we'll release 9.01. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Too late. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, so one of, speaking, of, speaking of Apple and uh, data collection, that actually moves right, next, uh, right to our next thing here, um, which is uh, over the course of a week, last week, um, Apple deleted over 250 apps from the App Store, um, and these as the reason was because uh, they were secretly um, they were secretly mining users' data. So one thing that Apple really, really, really you know one of their biggest pet peeves uh, is you know user privacy and not collecting data. Oh, well, so, I, I was just joking. <laughs> no, they they for real. <laughs> I was jo- I was joking. They actually uh... no, they're serious. Okay. Um, so this past Monday, last week, uh, they revealed that, that you know what happened. So um, these these uh, apps were accessing personal information like your Apple ID, your serial number, um, things of that nature. So you know, possibilities are kind of endless with what can be done with that kind of info. Um, it affected about a little bit over a million users um, with that, and then it was uh, it was mainly a Chinese um, developer called Yumi. Which uh, which was which was the major you know person uh, or the major people responsible for this? Um, so how many apps were there? Two. Oh, you there were two hundred and fifty six. How many? Uh, is this a company that produced these apps? No, it's a it's a company that uses a software developer kit, right, to put apps into the app store. These right. are all, most. How many of those apps come from them? 
Well, it, it's not it's not exactly clear, but the majority of them the did. The majority of them. Yeah, it was it was the vast yeah. majority. From what I understand, well, doesn't Apple um, they have to accept the apps first? Don't they do security checks on this? Stuff well, first? they do, but they they base it off of what you claim your your app does. They ask you if it if it will collect data and that kind of thing. You know, the privacy agreements and things that you have to agree to as a developer. And you know, you say no, of course. Uh, so. This one looks like it might have just slipped well, through the crack. A key note is uh, the article is saying that it wasn't really the developer's fault. It was right. the company who collected all these apps. Right. So, like, if, if Joe designed an app and then I'm the distributor, I right. collected it and then added probably a more source code on, on top of it. Right. But at that point, doesn't it, it still goes through, app de- um, through their app development team. That's what I thought. Well, the thing is, it, so, you know, they released the... They have the developer kit that you use to make your app. Mm-hmm. So this particular com- uh, company, Yumi, or however you say it, um, they have a software development kit that they that they have. So Apple, you know, you know, they, they use Apple's uh, kits or whatever to make their own to provide that stuff to mm-hmm. the other companies who are using it. So the developers who are using their software development kit didn't know that the make that the, the, the guys Yumi were taking the data and just and, and keeping it like that. Okay. So, all right. Well, at least we got it fixed. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you might have had some your favorite apps in there that might have just disappeared. This would have been the reason why. Um, so, Mr. Lowe, you got any thoughts on that? Well, uh, companies like Google and Apple, Google did this a while ago. They deleted quite a few apps that slipped through. And they're all tightening up their security because, and as you say, Apple's pretty good about it because this is a prime way into in fact, phones and computers is these applications. People trust them. Right. That's what they trust. And, and, you know, usually the security window says it, it, you know, I have God rights to your machine. And then you really don't know. You really don't have any information to know, okay, I don't want to give him that or that or that. So you just, you don't really have a choice. So it, it has to be at the Apple or the Google or whoever's end. And, it looks like they've done a pretty good job. Something slipped through, and I'm sure they've tightened their procedures and make sure that it won't happen again. Right. Uh, and it looks like it was in a library or, or something buried deep. So it, it was just, a, a, I don't want to minimize it, but things happen, and it, it, the key is is how quickly did they jump on it once they found it, and it looks like they did pretty good. They did. That's true. We can also look at it from a number standpoint, too. 250 versus a million apps. Or yeah, two, or two fifty versus eight hundred sixty-two million dollar fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty sure they 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 found that quick for a reason. Well, that and it's, it's just a few weeks ago in September, over two dozen uh, apps again Chinese, uh, coincidentally, maybe not. Uh, but they, you know, same thing. Um, un, un, unknowingly uh, to Apple and the developers, you know, the Xcode, which is which is the uh, program that's used to make the apps, was tainted. And you know, same thing. So uh, it's it's there. They're trying to hit. They're trying to like Mr. Lowe said. They're trying to tighten. You know, all the loose ends. Um, you know, change their procedures. That kind of a thing. But you know, it's again, it's how fast Apple's what the most valuable company in the world. It's how fast they get. They got to it. I mean, they they have the biggest you know fan base, customer base, um, and they apparently got to it pretty fast. So you know, again, that's that's good. All right. None of these apps were named specifically. No. But uh, as consumers, <clears throat> we have the ability before we download an app to read uh, 
uh, you know, the reviews, the permissions and things Mm -hmm. like that. You know, we need to get into a habit of of doing that more often, you know, because a simple review read can deter you away from the app. You know, it might it might take you on, you know, uh, to 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 download a different app of the same, you know, of the same uh, quality you know, with uh, with better reviews on it. So as, as as consumers, we just need to get into a habit of reading more. Now, these are these are our computers. Well, I'll put it into a different perspective. The thing to remember is your browser has access to a lot of data. Mm-hmm. If right. you have, if you let in an app on your browser, whether it's on a phone or a Mac or, or PC, it can see everything you type, including your bank accounts and including your medical records and everything else that you do on that computer. And it doesn't need any special privileges to do that because it's buried in your browser. Mm, right. Didn't think about it like that. So you do, you're absolutely right. You do need to be careful. You do need to read those privileges and you do need to say, oh no, I don't want him having God rights <laughs> to my computer. I don't know this guy. Right. <laughs> you know. That's actually, uh, that's actually, sorry to cut you off, Mr. Little, but that's actually a, a little bit scary because uh, I've seen it happen to me. Like, I'll search for something in Google. And then two, three weeks later, I got to add mm-hmm. a banner ad yep. oh, yeah. for while I'm searching thing. for something different. Yeah, two scary. or three weeks later. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it, it's just important to keep that in mind. Your browser has access to everything you do because people spend half their life in their browser. Yeah. And it sees, you, it sees everything. Yeah, I was with a group of folks last night. We were having a conversation about uh, actually Apple has just, uh, you know, secured um, a pretty big artificial artificial intelligence company. Mm-hmm. You know, so those things we need to we need to be interested in because as of right now, your your phone, if you have your, lo- your location services turned on, yep. it kind of predetermines where you live and where you work. You know, and uh, it's kind of like, well, how does this computer know I work here? How does it know I live here? You know, it's following your patterns, you know, and if they're if they're now, you know, bringing on board, uh, you know, an artificial artificial intelligence company, this thing is going to get even a little deeper. That's true, because uh, I, I use maps a lot mm-hmm. uh, and my phone would literally tell me if I take my normal route to work, there's mm-hmm. a delay on my route. Right. And that's a little bit scary. Well, it's it's, it's it's convenient, it's Please. helpful, but at the same time, they're digging in our privacy. I don't know if any if you guys have seen the movie. I'm pretty sure you have with Will Smith. Um, uh, I Robot, Enemy of the State, Enemy of Enemy of State. Right. This this movie that movie came out back in nine was it ninety something two thousand whatever it was, it was a while ago. But this is exactly what the movie was about. You know, it was more so the government spying on us through our televisions and things like that. But um, now it's the cell phones. Everybody has a cell phone. Yeah. You know, the easiest way to get to everyone is a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me give you a for instance here that, that will add a little context to it. You're walking through your supermarket and you're walking down certain aisles looking at certain things, let's say Pampers or something like that. You get home on your computer and it starts showing you ads for Pampers. Oh, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, if you you didn't your... even take your cell phone out of your pocket. How, well, yeah. What does it do? How does it know that? Your location. location services. It knows where you walked. Through the aisle? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it knows that oh, now, but okay, it could okay. know that. The, wow. super, it, it, the supermarket. Think about right. it like this. If you live in a city that has a lot of Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. it's collecting... Yeah. All your IP addresses the for smart, your devices. Smart cities that are going to happen soon. Yep, exactly. I think I mean, with 
I'm actually writing a book on, uh, I have plans to write a book on everything that's known about you from companies like the, the big advertising companies and how they put that together. And it's fascinating. And yes, um, there's even things where, you know, there's cameras in stores where they could actually, they don't do this now, but they could follow your eyeballs and see where you're looking. And based on that, put ads on your phone. Yeah, just like, uh, I don't know if you guys seen the, the movie Minority Report. Yep, wow, but when Oh, yeah. Cruz walked into the subway car and it scanned his eyeballs. Yep. It sent him ads directly based on his likes and dislikes. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Yep. Well, so that's, that's, uh, I'm sorry, the, go ahead, go ahead. These companies build this profile so that they can send you advertisements. That's their main job. And they, they know where you are, they know who you are because they know what you've got. And they know, they even know how fast you type. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a new product out there. Well, it's called the Mobley. I'm not gonna. You can get it out there. <laughs> I'm gonna tell. Well, just put it this way: it's a, it's a, it's a Wi-Fi interface that turns your vehicle into a mobile hotspot. Think about huh. this now. I mean, we can get we can get some some really good things can come about this, but at the same time, there's some security threats also that we need to pay attention to. But just think about driving down the street. You know, and you you know you're leaving work on Friday, and there's traffic on this route. You know, think about where you have to go grocery shopping, or you have to get gas. Right. You know, but you still got to get home. You've got to pick the kids up. You know, you can pick up your phone, and your phone maybe can rearrange all these things. Right. You know, and put them in a put them in put them in the order. You know, that's that's beneficial to you. You know, so they're they're, they're this is just future stuff. I'm thinking. You know, but. Right. This stuff could be helpful, but also at the same time, you've got people out there who mm-hmm. want to take advantage of you, yep. you know, and dig into your life. And now, now they know where you are. They know where you shop. They can follow you, this kind of stuff, whatever, you know. So, yeah, it's ugh, technology is awesome, <laughs> but man, it, it opens the door to like so many more threats. Never even right. And it, I mean, and this is with the little mobile device that's you can plug that in or out. But like Chevy and all these companies now, they advertise, hey, we got built-in Wi-Fi right, right into your vehicle. Wherever you are, we're recording where you are. <laughs> right. Wherever you go, we're there. I'm sure it's only a matter of time before the police officers can stop your car from their car. Well, just like the bait cars, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just hit a button. Boop. Because with that Wi-Fi being enabled, I'm pretty sure GPS location is going to be enabled, too. Oh, of course. That's what they do. Actually, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day, and um, I asked that question as far as, um, you know, if someone commits a crime, the first thing they do now is they they go for your cell phone. And social media. Yep, social media and your phone, you know. Uh, They can find everything they want off that device. Well, your typical user doesn't have, even have a pin on his phone to lock it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just right in there without even any uh, any troubles. Yeah. You just gave them the keys. Yep. <laughs> yep. And people don't even know it. It's, it's, it's crazy. But then again, if that, that's the future. You no, know, we'll get into some political stuff there when, uh, you know, if the if the police officers just have the ability to just stop your car, you know, they don't have to chase you anymore. They just stop your car. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't think a lot of people will like that, but... Uh, you know, we'll see what the future holds. And immediately the state came out years ago, and look where we are now. So, back to the future. Back to the future. Even those old AT and T ads. Remember, they used to say, uh, 
you know, do you think this is possible? You know, in the future, you will. Remember those those things? Right. Back yeah. to the Future, they had a hoverboard. There's a hoverboard now. It was a cat. Who makes that hoverboard? Did you see that? I don't know the name of the company. I don't know, but... Uh, they had a real hoverboard. Yeah. It, was a, it was a pretty legitimate company that made it. But. And then Michael J. Fox just tried on those uh, Marty McFly uh, the <laughs> Nikes. The Nikes, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. self ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the self-lacing shoes. I mean, it's, it's out there. No, it's out I'll buy those. Those are only shoes I'll pay <laughs> over <laughs> like $1,000. <laughs> just tie yourself up. <laughs> Late for work, just jump in the <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you'll only save like 30 seconds. <laughs> hey, man, that 30 seconds can be the difference between making the work uh, on time. You know? Especially in this one minute of traffic. <laughs> right. God. <laughs> that could be the difference in making it to work or having a bus flip over in front of you. Um, so we're going to do something a little different. What we want to do, uh, we're going to jump into the tip of the week, the plug, and the uh, trivia. And then we're just going to give Mr. Lowe the, uh, the floor to kind of round us out here. Um, so... Right now, I want to get to the uh, tip real quick, um, which this week is going to be how to set <laughs> contextual reminders with Siri, um, thanks to iOS 9. Um, so before, you know, if you're a friend or someone texted you or emailed you or whatever the case may be, you had to kind of remember or screenshot what that was and then go manually make a note for it or a reminder for it. Um, so now, uh, it's, uh, you know, Siri has received major intelligence uh, boosts and things like that. Um, she can also understand more terms, um, such as the word it or the word this. Um, so now, uh, for example, you can say, say you get a text message from someone that says, are we still on for dinner uh, Wednesday at 8 a.m.? Or eight, not 8 a.m., 8 p.m. Um, you can say, Siri, can you remind me about this? And then, you know, there you go. You have your monitor right then and there without having to go and manually do it. Um, the same thing works for email. The same thing works for pretty much anything that has a, you know, a time and date or place, things like that. Um, so, again, that, you know, you can hold down the home button and talk to Siri or you can do the Hey Siri function if you have that enabled on your device. Um, and that is pretty much contextual reminders in a nutshell. Um, so now I want to turn it over to Mike so he can uh, do his weekly plug. Good evening, folks. Uh, tonight, my weekly plug is going to be for author Richard Lowe. I'm going to pretty much give a shout out to his yes. website on Amazon. It's uh, www.coolauthor.com. C O O L A U T H O R.com. That's his website on Amazon. His regular website is www.thewritingking.com, spelled out, obviously. Um, also, his security book. Leave Me Alone, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious. That's awesome. But um, the website for that is www.leave-me-alone.com. And also, he has another book on disaster survival. Uh, website is realworldsurvival.com. R-E-A-L-W-O-R-L-D survival.com. And also, you may want to take a look at his vlog www.richardlow.com Awesome uh, web address, by the way. Um, and, <laughs> and thank you so much for that, Mike. Uh, now, Mr. Lowe, before we uh, get to the uh, the trivia and then your section, uh, I just wanted to ask you real quick, based off what Mike covered, did he get everything, or is there anywhere else that, we can, uh, that everybody can follow you? Uh, he got the websites. Um, the book is called Safe Computing is Like Safe Sex. And the blog for it is leavemealone.com, leave-me-alone.com. Gotcha. Um, and the real-world survival he got, and the, the name, the book is called um, 
real-world survival tips. And both of those are available on Amazon, in Kindle, and in paperback format. Awesome. So all you e-readers out there, you can, you can catch Mr. Lowe. Well, the advantage of Kindle is, is if I do an update, they'll go straight to your Kindle with oh, the yeah. update. Yeah, the RSS feed. Yeah. Those are, those are from some, some pretty informable topics also. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, big, big time stuff. When it comes to privacy, it's almost nothing that's uh, more important than that these days. Um, so real quick, we want to get to Joe's uh, weekly trivia. So, Mr. Joe, you got the floor? All right. Well, well first, we're going to answer the question from last week. Please. And actually, no, this is what we'll do. Um, we'll ask Mr. Lowe and see, yeah, so see if he can figure this one out. Put him on the spot. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, as, as technology has advanced, I think the question that I, that I, uh, that I asked last, uh, last week uh, the percentage of those people that might know that answer <laughs> probably were not alive. Yet. Right. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask Mr. Lowe this question. He may know this. All right. So the question was, there was a company uh, who basically claimed themselves to be the, the, uh, the, uh, the nation's first Internet service provider. Um, would you happen to know who that is, Mr. Lowe? <laughs> The first internet service provider, and it was a company, not not the government. Right. It was a company who claimed that they were the first internet ser- service provider. <sighs> it's not ringing a bell. Sorry. I can give you a hint. I, this, I, this I can do. I can give you a hint. All right. So um, you had to access. <clears throat> you had to, you had to access by means of POTS, right, or uh, X point two five dial-up. Uh, their initial rollout supported twelve hundred bit modems. <laughs> and you were billed by time. It was pretty expensive. Uh, might be CompuServe. Uh, not quite. Close. AOL. And, ah, you're getting warmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Com- one of those services, a service like that. Okay. All right. So you got close. CompuServe, which actually started in 1979, had a command line interface. However, the, the first company who claimed to be the first uh, internet service provider is Prodigy. Oh, yeah. I should have thought of that. Prodigy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Lowe, I was, uh, I was with you on the AOL. I'm a 90s baby, so that's, the, that's pretty <laughs> much the only thing I knew until like 2000. Yeah, I just remember. Well, I started on CompuServe, so that's right. what came to mind. Right, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, no, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. right. showing age here. So for all, you, for all you guys out there who, who got stumped on that one, it was Prodigy. You know, if you were, if you were born after probably... Um, 85 <laughs> 85 90 you probably would have never known the answer if you've done if you haven't done any research but um we've got another one for you this week and this week the question is and, and mr Lowe, don't answer this question right now <laughs> yes but, sir. um the um this question is name the year in which the phone portability portability act Past. Mm, I have no idea. <laughs> have any idea, Mike? Don't answer the question. It's Just been, think about it. It's for been a portable phones since I've been alive, man. So I don't know. Well, he. I think he's talking about a local number portability. Phone port. Yeah. Well, it's, it oh, has right. to do with oh, wire, wireless, uh, wireless numbers, landline numbers, okay. uh, voice over IP numbers, things like that. Carrier to carrier. Right. There's there's mm-hmm. a law passed. There's a law passed um, that allowed basically um, 
if a carrier had your number, you could take remove your number and take it to another carrier and back and forth like that. That's what we're asking. The gotcha. Numbers, the num- it's called the Number Portability app. We'll revisit this next week. So uh, get your brains working out there, and uh, we'll see what we got. I think this is actually pretty easier uh, from last week. But we'll see. Never know. Hmm. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so before we hand the floor over to Mr. Lowe, I do want to uh, just, you know, thank him for being on. Uh, you know, let's give him a big round of applause, guys. We <laughs> appreciate you. Uh, so this last topic coming out of this this uh, week is uh, going to be a pretty big one. Um, it is the fight for privacy through, uh, of course, cyber, the cyber world, cybersecurity. Um, so pretty much just, uh, you know, just a little bit of background on this before we turn it over um, is there's a new bill that Congress uh, that's going through Congress right now. Um, pretty much the the goal of the bill is to tighten online security. But the way it is written right now, the Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act, otherwise known as CISA, C-I-S-A, um, it infringes upon certain liberties right now, civil liberties and privacy. Um, that users have. So there's pretty, it's pretty much like using uh, back doors, as they call it, to, uh, to allow you know, certain access to uh, user data. Um, so at this time, I would like to turn it over to Mr. Lowe, and if you can just give us some insight on this, some background info, opinions, you know, all the above. Okay. Well, what CISA, what CISA does is it basically says that all breaches and all problems that relate to security need to be reported to the Homeland Security Department. They want to build a database of security problems and uh, so forth. The problem is, is that the way it's written, it there's really no particular um, limits on how much data the government can keep and protecting that data. It just says basically we're going to keep all this data. And they're trying to they're trying to solve a problem that I think the industry is solving itself because like the target hack is was super expensive and the and the eBay hack and all these things. Right. The industry wants to solve these problems. Credit cards are now making these little chips in the cards. I've been getting new credit cards like crazy in the mail <laughs> to, to to solve this particular problems that they're reporting. Right. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not, I don't necessarily want the government knowing everything that happens on my computer and all of the breaches that might happen and anything else that might happen with my computer. In fact, I'd like them as far away as possible. Agreed, 100%. 1,000%. 100%. I mean, I admit that there's a, there is a place for the government, uh, like they control the, the Internet itself, but I don't think that they need to be down at that level. Right. It gives, a, it gives too much power to them. And this is only the tip of the iceberg. There's still more coming. But the worst part of this act is it doesn't actually really protect anybody against anything. Right. It doesn't have any protection in there. It's just, it's almost useless. I've been following a lot of the security papers and things, and the security persons, personnel who are much higher up than me on the food chain in the security industry uh, are basically saying, this is just a smokescreen. It really doesn't do anything. Gotcha. And, and besides that, it even weakens privacy and security. Wow. So I, I would I would say you know write your write your congressman and tell him you're not interested in this and tell him to come up with a real security <laughs> security bill instead of this thing. 
Right, and that's pretty much what Apple and Twitter and Google and 19 other uh, companies, I think it is, are, are trying to do. They have these online um, uh, petitions, pretty much exactly what you just said, you know, just trying to get a real solution to this issue. Um, you know, and like you said, what they have right now is just a smoke screen. It's just smoke and mirrors right now. It really is. Well, yeah, they got a much bigger problem than than Google and and AOL and all these other companies or Apple rather, and that's how to protect the nuclear power plants and the and the electric industry and and gas companies and all of the underlying infrastructure, which is all run on computers, which is all on the internet. So why focus on places like a Google when the real problem is protecting stuff closer to home that's more vulnerable? That's true. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the Department of Defense needs to be protected because I'm sure they get hacked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you know that big one earlier this year, the, the what, North Korea, was it? Um, yeah, they, they have they have a lot of problems all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that the, that there are thousands of attempts per second against the the Department of Defense. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to be one of their their security people. Right. <laughs> Agreed. And I don't really have much to say about that particular bill, other than it really is not worth very much. It's a little scary in that it sets some precedents, and it doesn't provide much protection against. It's a lot of hot air. Right. I would much rather see them get industry together in a conference and start creating security standards and a way for, for various companies to talk together in a safe environment and, and work out some of the security problems and, and themselves. And that works because we, the Internet is that an example of that. The Internet itself was created by companies that got together. I mean, it was originally created by DARPA, but then companies get together and add things to it and create things and come to agreements and say, yeah, we're going we're gonna to handshake by turning our hand to the left three inches and this is our secret handshake. Right. So the companies are able to do this and really all they need to be told is to do that or invited to do that even. And, and they're working in that direction. I'm not sure there's a role for government here at all. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the real question. There um, is is there a role for them in this? Now, now there is a role in protecting the stuff that I mentioned first mm-hmm. earlier, which is the you know the power system and the the internet itself and all the other essentials of life. But I don't think there's a role in protecting us in protecting us protecting Walmart or or. These other big companies, they can do it themselves. Right, they should be able to. And they can get together and talk. We do that all the time in the security industry. Right. Questions? No, I mean this is I think this is uh this is awesome information. I think I think my guys here will agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's um, eye eye opening. Yeah, I was about to say that's exactly what I was about to say. It's it's very eye opening. <laughs> Because um, they just throw this stuff on you, especially through the media, and it's kind of like, well, you know, we're, we're trying to protect you. This is good for you. You never really have anybody who knows the actual, you know, if if it actually is good for you, if it actually does what it says it does. Um, so definitely, uh, thanks, Mr. Lowe, for providing us that insight. Definitely. Well, I don't think this is, I think this is more of a smoke screen. I don't think it does anything, really. Right. 
and that's that's pretty much the uh, seems to be the consensus of all the people involved, uh, you know, in the fight against it. Um, because even uh, one of the it, the person wasn't named, but someone was quoted uh, as saying that this is not a cybersecurity bill; it is a surveillance bill. Um, yeah. And oh, yeah. like uh, like what, like what came out a couple is it a year ago what, that the that? government is actually spying on people through their phones. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Let's, you know, let's not pretend like they haven't been doing that. <laughs> but but this, but it was in secret, though. Right. Well, it's in secret. But but this right here wouldn't it wouldn't have to be <laughs> true. This is, you know, they're just telling you, hey, guys, we're... we're doing well, it's a little bit scary. It's just very scary. Because people, like Mr. Lowe mentioned earlier, people live through their phones. Like, you you know, you see them every day. We see them. I mean, it's, it's no different from your computer. Before right. the phones were popular, uh, if someone committed a murder, the first thing they do is go grab your Check computer it. and see what yep. you Google. Sure, sure, sure. You know, so it's the same thing, really. And they always incriminate themselves. I think there's just more, there's just more, uh, there's more uh, to dig through when you're talking about something that's mobile. You know, a cellular device. It's probably a little bit more that uh, red tape that you got to go through. Well, that and then you also have, like we mentioned before, the location services. So your computer doesn't really move as much as your, obviously, as your phone is going to. Mm. So that creates a different, you know, a whole different world there because you have a pattern of movement, you know, to associate with, you know, whatever information is found in the device. Well, for Androids, and I, I was kind of interested to find this out, I have location services turned on. So there's a Google, there's a place in Google you can go to that you can log in and you can see where you've been. And everywhere I've been is in that site. I mean, <laughs> everywhere. <Wow. laughs> it, down to the, you know, within a few feet. It, yeah. it has my whole path through the yeah. whole world. I mean, unless I left my phone at home. And it, it was quite interesting. I actually needed it for something, so I thought it was kind of cool. But <laughs> it's a lot of data that they have. Pretty you much. can erase they let you erase it though, or so they say. Yeah, just don't let don't let your girlfriend or your wife get a hold to it. Those of you sneaky little devils out there, because you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> right. And the yeah. funny thing is, that's how I actually well, not me per se, yeah. but <laughs> my friend. <laughs> that's how I actually found out about it. Um, someone had posted, you know, on a social network, you know how to how to find. Uh, their significant other. And I was like, really? <laughs> so I, I actually looked at my phone and I checked it. I'm it like, was there. it was there. I'm like, wow, this is, I'm going to say cool, but <laughs> this is pretty interesting that, um, you know, if you if you uh, reroute yourself from, from work to home, it's, it's, it's going to show you where you went. So when they say retrace your steps, they mean... And it tells you how many... I sh- actually showed a lady that one day and she was amazed. It showed her all the way down in uh, like Cancun, Mexico. Wow. And exactly where she went. She was at a hospital, a church, all these different places. And she was like, oh, my God. I'm like, yep, it's recording everywhere you go. And how many times you go there. And exactly what time you were there. Wow. Does it say how long you stayed there? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not, it does. It does. It does. Think, yeah. Wow. And you gave it permission to do that, by the way, because you turned on the location service. Right. Exactly. So you think you're just doing GPS and you open up this whole and Really, world. it, it kind of, it, it's at the beginning of the phone. When you go to set the phone up. It asks you if you want to yeah, enable. Yeah, like, like, yeah. People probably just skip right through that because they want to get. They got the new fancy shiny device in there. See my home screen, right? You know, they just skip right. Yes, yes, and they skip right through it. Well, I turn it on because I think it's pretty cool, and I like looking mm-hmm. to where I've been. Right. But um, if when you think about it, if it got into the wrong hands and you were doing something yeah, not yeah. quite kosher, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be something you want to be doing. Yeah. yeah. But then again, if you were trying to keep a track of where your teenage kids were going, hey, maybe it is a good thing. Yep. 
six and one and a half a dozen in the other. You know, it's, it's it's a lot of good stuff about it. You know, so let's just let's see the glasses as as half full on this one, and let's just say that it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I hope. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think you know, it's it's definitely not going anywhere, even if this bill gets uh, you know revised or even just rejected altogether. Um, this whole location services and tracking and all this stuff, this statistics. It's not going anywhere. I think they should just stick something inside of you when you're born. <laughs> that way we don't have to worry about it. start yeah. microchipping everybody. Yeah, that'd be that far away from that. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. Because think about it. Like, you don't have to worry about anybody committing crime anymore. It was you. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely you. It was definitely you. <laughs> but they just have, like, they're just tapping into your eyeballs so they can see yeah. what you see. Look, we just saw you. We saw you see yourself <laughs> we kill saw you. <laughs> we saw you see yourself take that vehicle. It was you. <laughs> Come on, put yourself in handcuffs. But, but just see, think about how many cameras there are. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're everywhere. Man, yeah. on the street, <laughs> light poles everywhere, man. Well, actually, I was speaking to somebody the other day. Uh, he works in a like uh, the car assistance program. Like, mm-hmm. if you broke down on break down on the highway, mm-hmm. he says the highways have so many cameras that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. He said they can locate you to within feet of where you call in. All right, they can give you a ticket that way. Also, I was like, that is crazy. Yeah, the first time I actually saw that happen was 1999. Uh, a friend of mine got, <clears throat> it was in New York, New York, uh, New York City. A friend of mine actually got a, a letter in the mail with a picture of her vehicle tag at this location running a red light and got a big fat ticket in the mail. Wow. This was in 1999. Wow, so I bet that that quality was pretty terrible. But. Right. So imagine what you can do if they can they can probably get you speed. Actually, you know, I think they can get you speeding now cuz uh what I think in Virginia, I may have seen this sign somewhere, maybe in Florida, they have these signs up on the side of the road that says uh um your speed is being Man, monitored. Yeah, they have them around here too, around around. You know, these devices or whatever. Yep. I don't know where they are, but who knows. Well, you can fit a camera in the head of a pen now, I think. Yep, or at least in a, at least in a button. Yeah. Well, could be anywhere. So people just is crazy. <laughs> it just, is really crazy. Just do what you're supposed to do, and <laughs> welcome to the 21st century, <laughs> right? And beyond, like uh, Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. <laughs> yep, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It just gives you a lot to think about. Um, so, Mr. Lowe, do you have any, uh, we, again, we want to, you know, we appreciate you for coming on. We thank you. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts for us? Well, um, the, the key to being, to having safe computing, which is what I, one of my specialties and the book is called safe computing is like safe sex. Buy it. <laughs> Please buy it. <laughs> buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> we will, um, we are watching. We will find you. Yes. Is to is change your habits to be safe. It's like drinking and driving. You know, don't drink and drive. Right. Just don't do that, and you'll be safe. Okay. Don't click on links in emails that you don't absolutely know that it's safe. Right. It's the same thing. Don't um, don't give out personal information on websites that you don't absolutely know that it's the right website. Look up at that that URL, that, that address up there. Does it say Bank of America or does it say Bank of America with of spelled F-O instead of O-F? <laughs> Bank for America. 
That is a common, what's called fishing technique. Right. Just and, it lo- and then it looks just like the Bank of America site, but it ain't. And right. you put in, your, you put in your, your account information, and then you're on the real Bank of America site, and they have your, your, your data. Right. Um, you just got to keep your eyes open and watch things. And the number one advice, the first thing people need to do if they don't do it now, if they're not doing it now, is back up their computers. Yes. Do it now. Get a product such as, there's several of them. Um, I'll name a couple. Carbonite is one. Live Drive is another. And there's dozens of others. They cost, those two particular costs, I think 60 or 70 bucks a year. Unlimited storage. Back up over the internet automatically. You just install it and forget it. Right. There's, there's absolutely no excuse, assuming you have an internet connection, to not have a backup anymore. So... That's the first thing you need to do because then if you are clobbered by a virus or your hard drive crashes or your girlfriend throws your computer out the window because she's mad at you, um, (laughs) you've got a backup somewhere else in the world. You could even have a hurricane and it could totally wipe you out and your data is somewhere else. Your pictures, your personal pictures from your childhood, all the pictures you took on vacation, your checkbook, your 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 taxes, everything is on people's computers now. For Christ's sake, back it up. Of course, computer people are the last people to back up. We always we always say it, back up and then we I go to do it, right. <laughs> I go to rescue computer people's computers and there's no backup. <laughs> at all ever. <laughs> and it it's it's funny. It's kind of one of those things. Well, they say so doctors that's the are the first worst patients, so. What's that? They say doctors are the worst patients, so there you go. Yeah, so I mean, the first thing to do is is get one of those products, install it, and and get a backup, um, and of your phone. I mean, if you got an Android, I'm sure Apple has the same thing. It will automatically back up to your Google account. Do that because if you lose your phone, you don't you lose that data. And on a phone, speaking of phones, there's a little app you can have that you can erase it remotely. So if somebody steals it, you can click a button and boom, it's gone. Right. Put that on your phone. There'll be a future version of this out for phones. I'm investigating that by, of my book. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm really into it. It's kind of fun to help people. I like to help people. That's why I wrote these two books first. Um, and yeah, you know, you need to install antivirus whether you're on a Mac or not. And I know Mac people say they can't get viruses, but you can. And you need to have all of the usual tools and all the usual things. But the the weak link is the person. It's it's. Uh, I, I go into this a lot on my book. It's it's. Um, you have your computer here, and you let a guest come in and use your computer. He doesn't know your security procedures, and guess what? He probably downloaded a virus. Right. Or you let, you let your teenager use it overnight. That teenager's probably looking at porn, and your your computer's infected. Boom, you're gone. <laughs> All these things are covered in the book. You, you need to stop doing that and, and how to do it. How do you let your teenager use the computer and still have it be safe, for example? Right. Um, there's ways to do that. <clears throat> so you have to think about those things, and they're not very hard. Um, just t- the, the book goes through what, what we call best practices in the computer industry, and these are the things that you should do on a regular basis and just get in the habit of doing them. Yeah, it's kind of like you, everybody out there secures their home. You know, with an alarm system or something like that, you know, from physical 
physical things being taken away from you. But the things that are more valuable to us are, you know, our banking information, um, our, our logins and passwords to our data and all that kind of stuff. That that stuff you can't get back. Yeah, if they take that, they take your whole life. You right. know, your social security numbers and things like that. Physical things like TVs, computers, you can get those back. You know, but and like 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 Mr. Lowe said, if someone steals it, you can you can wipe that data away. But um, there's it's, it's pointless if you're securing your physical home, but you're allowing intruders, you know, in through a different through a different hole. You know, so you've got to be very mindful. You know, if you're securing your home, secure your secure your mobile devices and all your uh, your electronic devices also. Well, you can also get a little product, and it's called interesting enough, LoJack for laptops. And you can install it on your computer. Uh, there's a phone version. And if your computer's stolen, your laptop or your tablet, guess what? It works just like LoJack on the car does. It'll tell you where it's at. You can send the cops there to pick it up. That's stuff that you can do. Then you know where it is. And LoJack for laptops also allows you to wipe the computer clean so you can kill it and you know not let the person get all that data. Right. Because that's the other scary thing is not only did you lose your data, but they have it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. So we, uh, yeah. So I mean, that's you know once again very valuable info. Um, we'll be linking you know all of Mr. Lowe's uh, you know where you can find him, you know where you can buy his book. Once again, buy the book. Um, he'll be you know we'll, we'll update everybody once we uh, get all his info updated as well. Um, once again, guys, just give him a round of applause. Thank you so much, Mr. Lowe. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, everybody, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, remember, stay safe in sex and in uh, computing. Um, and, uh, you know, once again, thanks for joining us. This is Three Peas in the Podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much.